Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The reason Joshua had faith, because he heard God, He heard the Word of God coming from God Himself. That's why you and I need to be in the Word. Even as I'm teaching it, your faith will be raised. Because some of the things that God's going to do in your life, as He does in all of ours, He's going to work the situation out in a way you would never imagine. And that just causes us to be more dependent on God because His ways are amazing. Reading the Bible and looking at the stories of the men and women that God used to do remarkable things can feel intimidating. Knowing that God wants to work through you in the same manner that He used the people you look up to spiritually might seem almost like a cruel joke. But as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, those people weren't much different than you are. Sure, they seem like these towering models of spiritual maturity, But as you'll learn today, they were just regular people who were simply willing to trust that what God told them he'd do, he'd really do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he begins his message, The Faith of Joshua and Rahab. been all uh, here learning from this amazing 11th chapter of Hebrews. Remember, the Bible was written for us to know and grow and to be role models for younger believers. Joshua had been watching Moses lead and is a big, big step for Joshua to step up to the plate spiritually. He'd seen many, many miracles And of course, we'll skip a couple of those that he'll see, but there's a huge one because remember, God had always promised when Abraham left that the nation of Israel would be in that land and God would give them that land. I have this written in my journal book at home. I have maybe 20 or 30 things that I look through from time to time, just things that have made a huge impact on my life and I kind of review them. Here's one of those things. Look around you. Be careful that you are not the only one in the room with all the answers. Get around other Christ followers that know more than you. Get around other Christ followers that are different than you. Iron sharpens iron. Don't be dull. Be open to learning from others. You see, you don't want to get yourself in this little thing where like, well, I don't want to be around people. I pretty much have it all together. We already covered that. Nobody has it together. And if you're going to get challenged, you have to be outside people that know more than you, that are different than you. They're strange. So are you. That's okay. We're fine. We're imperfect people. Here's the first thing I want you to write down because this is what was happening in the life of Joshua. The faith of a leader 
inspires faith in the people. You as a parent, once you have faith, you inspire those children, those grandchildren. Same thing, a small group leader, a teacher, and of course, pastors. I learned a lot about faith from my dad's teaching, but I probably learned more about faith from my dad and mom at home. Through the years, I've learned much from many, many different pastors and teachers. And my prayer is, even at this age, that I continue on to grow in my faith, and that my faith then will help you, inspire you to take steps of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. Period. Is that the end of verse 30? No. What does it really say? What's the next word? After. The walls did not fall until after obedience. Look at it. After the people had marched around them for seven days. Here's what I want you to write. Real faith is proved by obedience. You see, nothing would have happened to the walls unless they obeyed God. Joshua, the leader, will challenge him. Nothing will happen in your life, spiritually, unless you obey God. And you're going to see that's hard sometimes, because faith is the evidence of things not seen. They never saw any walls fall like this. But this is the challenge that Joshua is going to give them. Now, after crossing the Jordan River, the Israelites were taking the next step to conquer Canaan, as God had instructed. The walled city of Jericho was the first big challenge. It was a big military objective in that conquest of the land. Human reasoning, when they would look at those walls, would say that that fortress was sealed gates, men of war standing on the high walls. That, that isn't going to happen. How in the world is that going to happen? But God had other plans. As Joshua looked at the walls, he decided to get alone and pray and meditate. So Joshua, since he's going to lead it, goes away in the darkness by himself, and he gets close to the walls, which is a very interesting thing. Now, I want you to scoot back into the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 5, and we'll talk there, and then we'll be on over into Joshua chapter 6. Look at verse 13. Now, when Joshua, chapter 5, verse 13, was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Verse 14, neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, because this would be a theophany, a pre-incarnate visit of Jesus. And he asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Let me just stop there. A lot of people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get God in the corner. I'm going to ask him a lot of questions. We kind of see what it's going to be like. When you get there and you go, that's God, poof. 
we're down. What would you like me to do? So be careful. So he does exactly the right thing. What message does the Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua, when he goes out in the dark, is suddenly faced with a man we know in full battle dress who has a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua was bold, and he confronts the man. Who are you? Joshua was what? He was a protector of the people. He was a warrior. He had learned to do that. But the man really doesn't answer the question, but states who he is. And because he does that, Joshua understands what he's doing. He's in front of God. A pre-incarnate visit in the Old Testament of Jesus. So he falls what? Face down to the ground. In what? In reverence. Next thing to write, faith submits to God, our real leader. Notice, he isn't carrying the conversation now. He's just saying, what do you want me to do? That should remind you in the New Testament, when Paul was knocked off his animal. Who are you, Lord? Next thing he said, and what do you want me to do? When we realize who God is, even though Joshua is a human leader, he knows who the ultimate leader is, and he worships God. Now, look at chapter 6, verse 1. Now, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. So definitely fortified. Her walls and gates, there was lots of people that would have lived outside. What happened is when Israel is going to come, all these people that lived on the outskirts would have gone in that walled city because that's where the protection was. Look at verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and fighting men. So Joshua again is reminded who's in control. God was going to fight for them, and actually the battle, to be honest, was already over. Yet Joshua would have to do some things, and the people would have to do some things. You need to understand the battle is the Lord's. And in your life, whatever you're getting ready to battle, let me just encourage you, it's already over. He's already won. But there's things we still have to do. It isn't like God's going to think, now, I'm not sure what the outcome of this is going to be. No, it's already won. In your life as well, his will, his plan for you is already taken care of. And all we have to do then is obey. So by faith, you want to write it like this, because somewhere you're in that, the battle is the Lord's. You're right in the middle of it, and you think that it depends on you. Not your strength, it depends on your obedience. And the hard part of the obedience is that's going to require faith because you can't see the outcome of what God is going to do. And you'll see there's always this waiting time and there's always the time that God makes us wait, which is a little frustrating to all of us. Now look at verse 3. God's ways are not our ways. We hear that all the time. You're definitely going to see that. So that's where faith really comes in. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't matter. God's ways are not our ways. Now look at verse 3. Here we go. God says to Joshua, Now march around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. 
with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound the long blast of the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up and every man straight in. Now, if you're there and Joshua comes to you with his plan. Joshua, where have you been last night? You've been out in the vineyard, Joshua? You've been eating them grapes, the ones that fell on the wayside for a while? I mean, stop and think about this. You're going to walk around the wall. You're going to get thousands of people to walk around the wall. For seven days, on the seventh day, seven times, and then all the rest we'll see. Well, it doesn't make any sense at all. How in the world could that happen? Why did God do this? For obedience and for steps of faith and to remind us he's God and we're not. Now, what if Joshua had not sought God in his will? What if he'd simply gone out with the army and tried to battle his own? Well, you already know. You can't be self-sufficient. We have to be God-dependent. Write that down because you're going to hear me say that a lot. You cannot live self-sufficient, but you must live God-dependent. Self-sufficient will not do it. That is not what Christianity is about. It's God-dependent. Big difference in our life. We're already reminded that Joshua went and he heard the Lord. He had a quiet time. He went out to try to get his mind together, and that's where God met him. See, he took time to go out, and God met him and encouraged him and told him how things were going to go. Now, hearing and reading God's word result in Joshua having faith. When Joshua heard this, he had faith. It was the word of God. He had faith to go and tell the people, this is the battle plan. This is how it's going to happen. So you know this by heart, but sometimes we miss it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason Joshua had faith, because he heard God, He heard the word of God coming from God himself. That's why you and I need to be in the word. Even as I'm teaching it, your faith will be raised. Because some of the things that God's going to do in your life, as he does in all of ours, he's going to work the situation out in a way you would never imagine. And that just causes us to be more dependent on God because his ways are amazing. Now, whatever battle plan that Joshua was working on was trumped By God's plan. Thus, Joshua would simply submit to God's perfect plan. God was making it clear that the battle wasn't going to be on Joshua's kind of great battle wisdom. But it was going to be on the obedience and the faith that Joshua would have. You know the scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will. That's what Joshua is going to do. And all you do, he will show you which path. Verse 7, sometimes we don't quote. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. No wisdom would have said, okay, march around the wall seven times. The people had to have laughed inside as they watched this happening. It made no sense at all to do that. Here's something I want you to understand. You never have to understand God's commands to obey them. You just obey them. When God says it in the word, you don't have to understand it. You just obey it. These people don't understand it. It doesn't make a bit of sense to them. That's where faith comes. If God says it, it's true. 
to the world, that makes no sense at all. When God designed marriage, here's how he did it. Boom, boom, boom. Here's the family. Boom, boom, boom. You don't have to understand that. Well, why'd God do it? Why'd God set up the church like this? You don't have to worry about that. Just obey him. Why worship? Why teach all the word? Because God said so. He knew it. You weren't there at the beginning. If you were, it wouldn't have done any good anyway, because you'd have been Adam and Eve, and you'd have done your own thing, just like they did. See, they were what? Self-sufficient and not what? God-dependent. So don't worry about it. Just do it. Now, I'm not talking about something that comes to you in the middle of the night. It's this weird plan, and it goes against the Bible. Hello. You were out in the graveyard. Don't go there. It's got to be in the Word of God. When God says something in His Word, we don't have to really understand it. We simply obey it. Now, as the people obey God's instructions, I want you to think about this now. You're the people getting ready to walk around the wall. You think you'd have said anything to anybody? As you're getting ready to walk walk around the wall, if you're there, I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell him what you would have said, didn't lie. Go ahead, just just tell him what you'd have said. Go ahead. This is another whole sermon in itself right here. I mean, (laughs) thousands of people. Anybody hear any kind of a common theme? Like, with Joshua, this is crazy. This will never work. They're going to laugh at us. And what do you tell your children? Just get in line. (laughs) Okay, now we laughed at that. That's day one. How about day two? Is it getting better? Tell me. You know people, don't you? You are one. It's not getting better. Day seven. I don't know whether Justin told him up front. Hopefully he did. But maybe he didn't wait to. Now today we're going to do it seven times. Not turn your name. No, don't turn your neighbor. But see, when you see the doubt that's happening, that's not strange. That's us. And so for sure, all of us, when God says to do something, we've doubted it. All of us have done that. We doubt when we face a situation that simply doesn't make sense. God, why are you doing here? Many people think that doubt is the opposite of faith, but it really isn't. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. Unbelief refers to a willful refusal to believe, while doubt just is thinking, I'm going to do it, but it doesn't make sense to me. Here's what I want you to write. When doubting, act on your faith, not on your doubts. One pastor says this, don't you think that all these great heroes of the faith had their doubts? Of course they did. They didn't know in advance how everything was going to come out. But they took a deep breath, decided to trust God, and they acted on their faith and not on their doubts. Do the same thing, and your faith will continually grow stronger. Now, during those seven days, Joshua, maybe in spite of his own doubts, challenged the people to obey God. You see, one person's faith can challenge thousands to step out. That's what a leader is. When a leader hears from God... That's how we started this church. Didn't make any sense really to me 
to come and start the church, quit pharmacy, all the stuff, the things that we were doing, whatever. But, you know, God put it on our heart, so we did it. We continue to do it. So do you. So no doubt as they marched, people laughed, the enemy laughed. But these same people, the generation before, had heard about the Red Sea. They themselves had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So they had a history with God. And this is another thing I want to challenge you with. You hear me talk about history a lot, but it's huge for us as far as building our faith. Notice next what you want to write. Personal history with God should increase our faith for tomorrow. Because the same God who was with us when he came through the last time is with you now. So there's no change. In fact, it should be easier for us. Now, go back, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll be back and forth in a moment. Just keep your finger there where you are, kind of near Joshua. Hebrews 11.30. By faith, after they did this on the seventh day, seven times around. By the way, understand what happened. They had seven days of waiting. Some of you are in the waiting. That's seven days of waiting. They had seven days of walking. And this is a hard one. I won't say who it's for. They had seven days of no talking. That's what the Bible says. They couldn't talk. So when those seven days are up, what is that? That's God's timing. Nothing's happening. It's God building our faith. Well, look at 1130, Hebrews 1130. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By how? By faith. What was their faith? Obedience. After the people had marched around them for seven days. We know that God worked his plan and the walls came down and the city was simply taken. All this happened one way, faith. Do they still understand it today? No. Did it happen? Yes. The people actually believed God's plan would work. In the Bible, often seven symbolizes completeness and perfection. There were seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, seven circuits on the wall on the seventh day. God's plan was perfect. Here's what I want you to write. Real faith, you heard it already, is proved by obedience. You and I can't say we're people of faith if we're going to doubt and don't follow through. So let me ask you, I'm not sure who God's speaking to, but I know he's speaking to some of us in this specific area. Are there any walls that need to come down in your life? There's a wall that's in front of you. You're not sure what to do with it. Remember, the battle is always in the mind. Don't try to argue with God about the plan. Simply acknowledge his plan is better than the plan you have and walk it out. Wait, his timing, his walking, Talk with him, and the walls will come down. Today, Pastor Mark taught more about faith. You were shown that in order for faith to work correctly, well, this requires that you take some kind of action, a step of obedience. This was shown by Joshua obeying God and marching around Jericho. It was also shown by the prostitute Rahab's hiding of the spies, as well as putting out the red cord trusting that God would keep the promise she made with those spies. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this message, The Faith of Joshua and Rahab. You'll hear about the conquest of Jericho and the faith that both Joshua and the Israelites had to exercise for that victory to happen. You'll learn how the principles that they put into action are the same ones that you have to exert to see God work in your life and for you to become a better Christ follower. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, that's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.